Well, church, we're really blessed to have Pastor David coming to share the word with us today. He looks after our Yale's ministry and also our community outreach. I'd love it if you could make David feel really welcome as he comes to share God's word with us today. Thanks so much, Nathan. Oh, we're on. Good. We haven't uh, tested this, so hopefully it works okay. We'll see how we go. It's a real blessing to uh, share with you this morning uh, from God's Word. I'm going to pray very quickly, and then we're going to continue in our service and uh, hear from God. Father, we just thank you so much for the opportunity and the privilege it is to come and to hear from your Word this morning, great God. Your Word, I am convinced, great God, is powerful and effective. It pierces and challenges and impacts our hearts in a way that nothing else can. And this morning we stop and acknowledge the greatness of You, great God. This morning we stop and we recognise that without You, we can do nothing. Only by the power of Your Holy Spirit, only by the power of Your Word, great God. And so this morning we plead with You, Heavenly Father, that you would speak to our hearts, that you would move us and you would challenge us in a way that we will have to go, that we'll be changed and challenged, Father, in a way that only you can do. And so Holy Spirit, I come humbly this morning. May you speak. Holy Spirit, may you move the sovereignly in our hearts this morning. We pray, God, none of me and all of you, great God, we ask. It must be about you. We glorify You, we honour You, we give You praise this morning because it's all about You. Everything is about You. All that we are is about You and we acknowledge that this morning. God, You are great. You are mighty and You are awesome. We acknowledge that and we just wanna say that we love You. Speak to our hearts this morning, we pray in Jesus' mighty Name and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. I remember a little while ago, my daughter, I often share quite a few stories about her, I apologise, but... Uh, She was at a stage in her life where she was just starting to learn uh, words. And we had this little book at home and I remember distinctly one night sitting with her and we were reading this book and it was a really simple book. It was just basically one animal on the page with the name of that animal at the bottom and we were kind of learning words of animals. And so we're sitting there one night and there was these you know, different animals on the pages and we're going through and she's really, she was really getting to, she was really capturing it. She was really good at reading these animal names. And so the first page was like a giraffe and she would point at it and she'd say, she'd say giraffe, you know. The next one was a dog and she'd say dog and the next one was a cat and cat and next picture was a turtle and she'd say turtle. And then we turned over and then there was this big hairy baboon on the next page and she pointed and she said, dad. <laughs> I'll never forget that, but I'm convinced this morning it is fundamentally important to understand who our Father really is. And I don't mean just our earthly Father, but our heavenly Father. This morning, if you come and you say, yeah, I'm a Christian here, I, I follow and I believe in Jesus Christ, I believe there is a God and I follow Him, then it is so vitally important for us to understand and realise and to know the greatness of our God. That so often we are impacted, even subconsciously, we don't even realise, but we are impacted and the size of our God is dramatically shrunken down into what we think we can control or what we believe God is able to do and what we think uh, He can do, basically through our human thinking, rather than the understanding that God is huge, God is big, God is great, God is almighty. Nothing is impossible for Him, the Word of God says. And this morning as we come, we need a fresh reminder, a revelation. It doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian. We are susceptible to all of it. All of us are susceptible to the fact that our God shrinks in size so often. 
by the lack of faith that we might have or the lack of understanding of the greatness of our God. And this morning as we come, the word for us this morning is this, Psalm 46, verse 10, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. So often this verse is, uh, can be preached uh, out of context or, or misunderstood this verse. Often people can take this verse as, okay, be still. Maybe that means stopping from work. It's like a Sabbath rest context. And maybe that's part of it, but it's not just that. It's bigger than that. Be still and know that God, uh, be still and to know that I am God means literally to, to stop and to remind yourself, regardless of whether you're busy or in the midst of something or you're in a crazy season of life, you can stop in the midst of that and remind yourself at who the God is that you serve. He says to you and he says to me this morning, Psalm 4610, be still, be still, be still and know that I am God. In other words, remind yourself of the power, the greatness, the almighty, the omnipotence of our almighty God. He is King of kings and Lord of lords. Remind yourself that He is able, that He is capable, that regardless of what circumstance and situation you find yourself in, that He is able to break in and He is able to change those circumstances. Be still, be still, be still and know that I am God is what he says to you and what he says to me this morning. And this morning we come and we need to be reminded, like I said, regardless of where you are in your journey, we need to be reminded of the enormity and the power and the greatness of our God. The amount of times that I've gone into prayer meetings, I've probably said it many times before, but you go into a corporate prayer meeting, you maybe park the car and you walk into the prayer meeting and there may be things that are just weighing you down and there's stresses and things, just everyday life stuff that just comes upon you. And I, the amount of times I've walked in, I've thought, okay, I've got to deal with that, I've got to work that out. And it may not necessarily be that big, but they're just little things in life you need to, uh, you need to sort out. And the amount of times I've gone in, maybe those things weighing me down and I've left free as a bird literally free as a bird. And you know why? It's a perspective shift that takes place. What happens in that moment is you walk in focused on the circumstance of the world and the things that are coming down on you and you go in and you pray and you seek and you're reminded, your mind is shifted and you're reminded of the greatness of our God, the bigness of our God. You're reminded that God is able, that, that nothing is impossible for Him and you walk out thinking, why was I worried about that? My God can sort it out. My God can deal with it. My God is big enough to sort out those circumstances. And I walk out so free knowing, hey, my God, God can sort this out. He can fix it. He's big enough. He's big enough. As you come this morning, some of you are sitting there and you are literally in the middle of circumstances. You think this cannot be turned around. I want to remind you this morning, your God is able. Your God is able. He's a great God. He's a powerful God. He's a big God. There's a book written by J.B. Phillips. It says, your God is too small. Entitled, sorry, your God is too small. He explains that the trouble facing many of us today is that we have not found a God big enough for our postmodern needs. Quote, in a world where our experience of life has grown in myriads of directions and our mental horizons have been expanded to the point of bewilderment by world events and scientific discoveries, our ideas of God have remained largely static. It is nearly impossible, Phillips argues, for an adult to worship 
the conception of God that exists in the mind of a child of a Sunday school age. The God in a box notion, limiting God to such inadequate conception as uh, maybe a resident policeman or a grand old man upstairs, meek and mild or a managing director. He says, as a result of these insufficient ideas of God, many people live with an inner dissatisfaction without any faith at all. And he goes on to say, and it goes on to say this, God asks, to whom then will you liken me? Or to whom shall I be equal, says the Lord. J.I. Packer comments, this question rebukes wrong thoughts about God. Your thoughts of God are too human. He says, this is where most of us go astray. Our thoughts of God are not great enough. We fail to reckon with the reality of His limitless wisdom and power. Because we, he says, because we are limited and weak, we imagine that at some point God is too. We think of God as too much like what we are. Put this mistake right, says God. Learn to acknowledge the full majesty of your incomparable God and Saviour. This morning, God reminds us, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. A couple of days ago, I was reading my devotion by my very, very distant pastor in South Africa, Angus Buchan. And I was reading my devotion, my very distant mentor, I would say as well. But I was reading my devotion by him. If you haven't heard of Angus Buchan, he's a very influential man, an evangelist. He's a farmer. He called for a prayer meeting. I think I mentioned this a few weeks ago when I was preaching here, but he, he called for a prayer meeting to pray for the nation of South Africa and 1.2 million people gathered uh, for this prayer meeting. Very, very influential with six weeks notice. How's that? I was reading, it was a great word this mo uh, that morning a couple of days ago as he talked about your, your vision, the vision that you have for God. He says, he says this, it's quite challenging. He says, uh, if your vision doesn't scare you, it's not big enough. He said, if your vision doesn't scare you, it's not big enough. And he goes on to say, if you have a vision that humanly thinking, that you think, oh, I could probably achieve that, I could probably pull that off, then it's not a God-given vision. A God-given vision is something that you know in your heart, I literally can't, I cannot do this. I physically cannot do this. This would have to be a God thing. And he goes on to talk about that's, that's the vision we need for our lives because then God gets the glory. All the praise and honour goes to Him. It's not about us. Our minds so often can't comprehend the greatness and the bigness of our God. We box Him in. We want to be in control. We want to put God in this box, but He's far bigger and greater than that. We need to be reminded, be still and know that He is God. This morning as you come, maybe you're in a place of, maybe it's a relational breakdown. Maybe it's a business deal that went wrong. Maybe it's something to do with your very own children. Maybe it's an extended family situation. Maybe it's an investment that you thought was gonna go well and hasn't. Maybe this morning you face all sorts of turmoil and situations and circumstances in your heart. But I literally believe from the bottom, I couldn't do this job if I didn't believe that God truly is the answer to every problem of humanity. I, I couldn't do this. I literally believe from the bottom of my heart that God is able to deal with every circumstance that humanity ever faces. He is the one who is able to deal with the problem of sin in this world. He is able. And this morning, we need to be reminded of the greatness of this God, the God that we have this extraordinary opportunity to serve and to worship and to know personally and to, to have that intimate relationship with the creator of the universe. There's a children's book of all things written by Robert Wells. The book is entitled, uh, Is a Blue Whale 
the biggest thing there is. It's a children's book, but it's brilliant. Wales, uh, Wells, Robert Wells takes us from a size we can grasp to one we can't. The largest animal on earth is the blue whale. This is what the, the book reads. The largest animal on the earth, how's that? I'm reading your children's book this morning. The largest animal on earth is the blue whale. Just the flippers on its tail are bigger than most animals on earth. But a blue whale isn't anywhere near as big as a mountain. If you put 100 blue whales in a huge jar, you could put, a mil you could put millions of whale jars inside a hollowed out Mount Everest. But Mount Everest isn't anywhere near as big as the earth. If you stacked 100 Mount Everest on top of one another, it would be just a whisker on the face of the earth. And the earth isn't anywhere near as big as the sun. You could fit one million earths inside of the sun. But the sun, which is a medium-sized star, isn't anywhere near as big as a red supergiant called Antes. I think that's how you say it. Sorry, forgive me if I'm wrong. 50 million of our sons could fit inside of Antes. But Antes isn't anywhere near as big as the Milky Way galaxy. Billions of stars, including supergiants like Antes, as well as countless comets and asteroids, make up the Milky Way galaxy. But the Milky Way galaxy isn't anywhere near as big as the universe. There are billions of other galaxies in the universe. And yet filled with billions of galaxies, the universe is almost totally empty. The distances from one galaxy to another are beyond our imagination. And the creator of the universe is God. With a word, he spoke it into being. This creator God spoke it into being, who is present everywhere in this universe and beyond, who upholds it all with his mighty power. Great is our God and greatly to be praised, he goes on to say. And is not that true this morning? as we're reminded of the greatness of our God, the circumstances and the challenges that we face in our lives, that He is able, He is capable, His arm is not too short. As the psalmist continues in Psalm 46, he says, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. He's describing they are facing a difficult circumstance and situation, but the psalmist in this psalm, in Psalm 46, is describing the greatness of his God. He's reminding himself, he's stopping, he's being still and understanding who his God is. God is a refuge. We've all needed times in life where we needed help, where we needed strength. He says, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. This morning, I wonder, do you come with a sense of trouble? This comes to us all. We're all in this boat. It doesn't matter where you are. Jesus said it. He said, in this life, you will have trouble, but take heart, He says. Take heart, I've overcome the world. And this morning you come and maybe there's trouble facing you. Like I said, maybe it's a relational trouble. Maybe it's a business trouble. Maybe it's a financial trouble. Maybe it's trouble with your kids, your, your children have, have, have strayed. And, and there's maybe there's someone in your life that you think they could never come to God. They could never come back to God. Maybe it's a prodigal and you think that they're too far gone. Let me tell you this morning, they're not because God is able. God is big enough. The circumstances and the situations you face, God is big enough. He is big enough. Maybe it's a, a marriage situation. My wife and I have been on holidays this week and on last Sunday, we, we, we were up the coast and we go to a church, uh, a particular church we go to when we're on holidays up there. 
We just happened to bump into a person. I can't go into great detail about it, but we happened to just bump into someone there and we got chatting to this person and hearing their story was absolutely remarkable. I mean, I was standing there trying not to cry, hear their story, hearing about the mercy and the grace of our great God. And as he shared, and I won't go into great detail, but as he shared about his marriage was in dire straits. Their marriage was done. It was over. It was finished. Like they were separated. But deep in his heart, he thought, I I wonder if this can be reconciled. I wonder if it can be reconciled. And he heard about uh, a circumstance where there was a couple, a, a Christian couple that were prayer warriors that almost run a ministry on the side. They were prayer warriors, intercessors, almost prophetic and someone had told about you know, the work that they do and just, just incredible as they intercede on people's behalves. And he rang them and almost booked an appointment with them. And, he, and they said to him on the phone, they said, don't, don't tell me too much. We don't wanna know too much about what's going on. We, we're gonna pray into it. So we'll book in a time, come and see us and we're just gonna pray. And he said it was the most remarkable thing as he went and met this couple and they prayed over him. They, they, they brought up every single circumstance and every single situation that he was going through. They brought it up. He'd never told them a thing as they prayed and they interceded. And then they began to speak things into his life that nobody else knew about. They just, as God, as the Holy Spirit worked through their lives. And he walked out of there and he said, the events that have taken place, his his wife also went and saw them and just extraordinary turnaround. He said, if you knew our relationship at the time, he said, and you knew what it looks like now, it's extraordinary. There is literally a reconciliation taking place as these people spoke into his life, as they broke down uh, some of the the bondage that was there, the spiritual attack that comes upon us. He said, it's extraordinary. Just, I can't go into great detail, but we're just standing listening for like a good hour, a good hour and a half of of their journey and their story. It's just absolutely remarkable. And he said, you just, I wish you could understand the depths of how far our marriage was gone. But you know, God is able. God is big enough. Why? Because He's powerful. He's so powerful. And this morning, we need to be reminded of the greatness of our God. And some of you come this morning and there's hurt and there's bondage and there's all sorts of stuff going on in your world. And you you literally have come this morning and you've thought in your heart, nothing could turn this around. But I'm telling you this morning, He is able to turn it around. I don't care what situation. He is big enough to deal with it. He's big enough to sort it out. He can help. He can help. He can help you. He is big enough. And this morning, we need to be reminded. We needed to be still and know that He is God. Know the greatness of Him. Know the greatness of our God. An ever-present help in trouble. The great George Mueller, again, one of the great revivalists, the heroes of the faith, the heroes of the faith in the past, in history. George Mueller was a great man of faith and he believed in the greatness of God and he prayed accordingly. A Christian steamship, uh, steamship captain, a contemporary of George Mueller, once told an experience involving Mueller's great faith. While sailing off the coast of Newfoundland in extremely heavy fog, Mueller came to him and said, Captain, I need to tell you that I must be in Quebec on Saturday afternoon. The captain told him that it was simply not possible due to the weather conditions. Mueller said, very well, if your ship cannot take me, God will find some other way. For I have never missed an engagement in 57 years. Let's go down to the chart room to pray. Again, the captain protested saying, Mr. Mueller, do you realise how dense this fog is? No, replied Mueller. My eye is not on the dense fog, but on the living God who controls every circumstance of my life. The captain then told how Mueller knelt down and prayed one of the simplest prayers he'd ever heard in his life. 
When he finished, the captain himself started to pray. But to his surprise, Mueller put his hand on the captain's shoulder and told him not to pray. First, he said, you do not believe God will answer. And second, I believe he has. Consequently, there is no need whatsoever for you to pray about it. Captain, I have known my Lord for 57 years and there has never been even a single day that I have, not, uh, I have failed to get an audience with the king. Get up. Captain, and open the door and you will see that the fog is gone. The captain got up, opened the door, and sure enough, the fog was gone. And George Mueller made his appointment for Saturday afternoon in Quebec. The faith, the understanding of the greatness of our God. Mueller knew it. And so this morning, we need to be reminded, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. He says to you this morning, I'm able, I'm capable. There is nothing that is impossible for me. It doesn't matter what circumstance and situation you find yourself in. I am able to deal with the circumstance you find yourself in. In Psalm 46, the psalmist continues to talk about, therefore, we will not fear. We will not fear. Why? Because we understand the greatness of our God. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the most high dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar, kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice and the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is what? The Lord Almighty is with us, it says. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done, the desolations He has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Verse 10, He says, this is God speaking. He says, be still, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. That means regardless of the circumstance and the situation you find yourself in, stop and remind yourself who it is the God that you serve. This week, next week, this year, for the remainder of your life, when you face circumstances and situations, you think, I don't know how to go about this. I don't know how to deal with this. I don't know how to work through this. Stop, be still and know. Remind yourself as the God it is that you serve. The God it is that you serve. I was blown away by a story that came out of the Victorian fires or the fires throughout Australia, but an article that Nathan texted through to me a little while ago and I was blown away. I was reading this to my wife and I've read it so many times now, so I probably won't tear up. But I tell you what, the first time I was reading it, I was trying not to cry as I read this. I was just reminded again of the greatness and the power of our great God. Maybe you've read this article before. It says this, Australian small business owner, uh, David Jeffrey is proclaiming the name of God with a renewed boldness after escaping the deadly fires in his hometown. Jeffrey was among the thousands of people who sought refuge by the beach in the Australian town of Malakuta as a massive fire threatened to engulf the entire town. Jeffrey told the BBC News, his, this article and, and, and his uh, interview is, is throughout the world, really. I saw, as I was Googling, I saw articles in, from the States and all sorts of places. Jeffrey told BBC News that the residents of the small beach town were prepared to jump into the sea in order to save their lives from the roaring flames. We were bracing for the worst. 
It should have been daylight, but it was black like midnight and we could hear the fire roaring, Jeffrey said. Jeffrey, who owns, who owns the Wave Oasis and B&B in Malakuta, told Australia's Eternity News that God answered his desperate prayers to save their lives. We could hear the roar. It sounded like a thousand freight trains coming at us. Then a huge gust, like someone had opened the door of a furnace, pushed us. It went black as black. The smoke was so thick it was hard to breathe, Jeffrey said. Jeffrey was an atheist before converting to Christianity 25 years ago. And Jeffrey said that he intentionally mentioned his former atheism to media outlets in hopes that others who do not believe in God will think twice before diminishing or dismissing his story he knows that, will, that, that they will categorise as ridiculous. According to Jeffrey, as the wall of flames encroached, he and two other Christian believers began to pray that God would somehow spare their lives. We were going to die, Jeffrey said. If the Lord hadn't answered this next prayer, we would have had 30 seconds. I prayed, Lord, if you don't push this fire back now, we need wind from the east. As soon as I said that, it started blowing from the east a little bit. Then I got louder and the wind got stronger. Then I got louder again and it got stronger again. Encouraged, Jeffrey continued to pray with greater boldness, not concerned with what others might have been thinking of him. I felt it change. I noticed that the bolder I got, the stronger the wind got. I was yelling, in Jesus' name, thank you, Lord, for rescuing these souls. Push it back, Lord, rescue us. A change in wind was not in the forecast, Jeffrey said, but God who created the wind made it obey. What God did was push the fire back from the east, which was impossible, but He did it. He did that for five minutes, which broke the fire front enough to stop it from getting to where we were, he said. As the flames shifted and the smoke began to clear from the beach, Jeffrey and his fellow residents were able to see the firewall move towards people's homes and towards the wave oasis and residents who had chosen to stay and defend their properties. Again, Jeffrey felt prompted to pray. Then I heard God say, this is him speaking, then I heard God say to me, pray. I started off with a pathetic little prayer. He said, then within me, this faith rose up and said, who are you praying to? This is what we're talking about. It said to him, who are you praying to? And I thought, yes, you're the God of the Bible. Nothing's impossible with you. You've got angels, Lord, put them at the corners of the property. A second time, God did the impossible for the people of Malakuta. This was so impossible, but somehow God turned off the flames, like flicking off a switch. All the fuel was still there. All the houses were still there. The grass was even there. Even Jeffrey's non-Christian neighbours were convinced that God saved them. Witnessing firsthand that nothing could have stopped the flames except for the creator of the world. What a story. What an interview. This interview has gone worldwide as he spoke about the events that took place. I think it was around 4,000 people were gathered as he prayed loudly, boldly. He was reminded this very day of who it is that he prays to. I, I love that part where it was like God spoke to him. Who are you praying to? And he's reminded of the greatness and the bigness and the, the power of his great God. This is the God that you serve. This is the God that you know. This is the God that you can talk to and pray to and have an intimate relationship with. This is the God that you can call upon in life's difficult circumstances and situations where you feel there is no way. God is able, God is able, God is able. Be still 
and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. He says in Psalm 46, he continues, I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The Lord Almighty is with you this morning. The God of Jacob is our fortress. He is able. He's in control. I remember a little while ago, and I don't know how true this story is, but I remember hearing this story by uh, um, Smith Wigglesworth. He was uh, an evangelist many years ago, but the story goes that, I mean, God is omnipresent. He can be everywhere, but the devil can only be in one place at one point in time. And I remember hearing this story about how Smith Wigglesworth was out uh, ministering somewhere, preaching somewhere, and he sta- was staying in a hotel one night and he was fast asleep. He was woken up. And this is how the story goes. I don't know how true it is. But he was woken up and as he looked down the end of his bed, the devil himself was standing at the end of his bed. Now, I've had some pretty interesting spiritual moments. I remember distinctly the the night before I was called as a pastor here in this church, I had just a crazy spiritual encounter. And I had some crazy spiritual encounters in the past. But I, I, I remember that night distinctly, I was gripped with fear. I don't know if this is true or not, but that's how the story goes. As he woke up that night, the devil himself was at the end of his bed. I don't know about you, but I would be gripped with fear. He woke up, he saw the devil at the end of his bed, and he said, oh, it's only you. And he rolled over and went back to sleep. That's how the story goes. It's a reminder he understands who his God is. Why is he not fearful? Why is he not concerned? Because he knows who his God is. This morning you come, there's, there's fear in your life, anxiety, depression, there's all sorts of circumstances and situations you will face. There's difficulties and trials. Now, don't get me wrong, this happens to all of us. This is the world in which we live. We live in a sinful world. None of us, you know, none of us is exempt from this. We all face trials. But be reminded this morning that your God is able, your God is big enough, that He is there to come and to help and provide support and love on us in those times and situations where we feel like we don't know where to turn. He is able. We're reminded of the greatness of our God. Maybe I'll finish with this. It's a great article or, or spoken by a, a Dr. S.M. Lockridge. And I think I've maybe shared this before. I can't remember if it was in a night or morning service. But it's a great kind of, I think he preached it maybe, I'm not sure, but I found the, the transcript. <clears throat> and he talks and he describes the greatness of our God. And it's probably one of the best ways I can help you uh, be reminded this morning of our great God. And he says this, the Bible says, this is Dr. Lockridge speaking here or or writing here. He says, the Bible says, referring to our God, the Bible says he's a seven-way king. He's the king of the Jews, that's a racial king. He's the king of Israel, that's a national king. He's the king of righteousness. He's the king of the ages. He's the king of heaven. He's the king of glory. He's the king of kings. And he's the Lord of lords. David said, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament showeth His handiwork. My King is the only one whom there are no means of measure can define His limitless love. No far-seen telescope can bring into visibility the coastline of His shoreless supplies. No barriers can hinder Him from pouring out His blessing. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful. He's impartially merciful. He's the sinner saviour. He's the centrepiece of civilization. He stands alone in himself. He's august. He's unique. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He's supreme. He's preeminent. He's the lofty, loftiest idea in literature. 
He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the supreme problem in higher criticism. He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology. He's the cardinal necessity of spiritual religion. He's the miracle of the age. He's the superlative of everything good that you choose to call Him. He's the only one able to supply all of your needs simultaneously. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathises and He saves. He's strong God and He guides. He heals the sick. He cleanses the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges the debtors. He delivers the captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the age. He rewards the diligent and He beautifies the meek. I wonder this morning, do you know Him? My King is a King of knowledge. He's the wellspring of wisdom. He's the doorway of deliverance. He's the pathway of peace. He's the roadway of righteousness. He's the highway of holiness. He's the gateway of glory. He's the master of the mighty. He's the captain of the conquerors. He's the head of the heroes. He's the leader of the legislators. He's the overseer of the overcomers. He's the governor of governors. He's the prince of uh, princes. He's the king of kings and he's the Lord of lords. I wonder this morning, are you still and know who your God is? His office is manifold, I haven't finished. His office is manifold, His promise is sure. Leave it till just a moment. His light is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. His yoke is easy and His burden is light. He's indescribable. He's incomprehensible. He's invincible. He's irresistible. The heavens of heavens cannot contain Him, let alone man explain Him. You can't get him out of your mind. You can't get him off your hands. You can't outlive him and you can't live without him. He always has been and always will be. I'm talking about he had no predecessor and he'll have no successor. There was nobody before him and there'll be nobody after him. You can't can't impeach him and he's not gonna resign. He's the king. He's the king. Thine is the kingdom. Thine is the power. Thine is the glory forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Amen. This is the greatness of our God. I wonder this morning, are you still and know who He is? Do you know the greatness of your God? This week, this year, for the remainder of your life and those circumstances that you face and you literally know in your heart, there's been moments and there may be moments where you'll come to a point where you think, I can't do it. I can't face it. I can't go on. I don't know how to turn this around. Let me tell you this morning, be still, stop, remind yourself who your God is because He is able. He is able. He is able. Father God, we thank You for Your goodness. We thank You that You're powerful. We thank You that You're mighty. And in this very moment, we stop. We stop in the stillness and we say, we know who You are, that You are powerful, that You are amazing, that You are great. And Lord, we just acknowledge that nothing is impossible for You, great God. There are some that are sitting here right now in the deep depths of despair. There are some that are are mourning. There are some that are in difficult circumstances. There are some that are struggling deeply. There are some that are sitting here with their own personal uh, demons that they're trying to work through. There are some that are facing circumstances in work and relationships and marriage and family situations. There are some here this morning, great God, uh, that just need your help. 
And we cry out to You and we just stop in this moment and we say, God, we know, we know that You are able. And God, we stop in this moment and the the cry and the prayer of our heart is, Almighty God, we pray that You would intervene in the circumstances that we are facing. Almighty God, we cry out to You and say, God, do a great work that only You can do. We pray to You, Almighty God, and say, bring their prodigal children home. We pray, Almighty God, and say, we pray into that situation at work and we ask, Almighty God, intervene. We pray, Father God, for our children. We pray for our marriages, great God, that You would work so powerfully, Father, that You would reunite relationships that are broken down, that You would restore uh, families, that You would restore extended families, that You would bring a reviving work as we look upon this suburb and this nation. And it may seem too far gone, but we believe You're great. We believe You are able. We cry out to You, Holy Spirit, and we pray that, Holy Spirit, You would rain down, Father God, that You would do a reviving work in this nation and in our hearts like nothing before, great God. Why? Because You are able. You're the only one. You're the only one who can do it. We cannot do this in our own strength. You must do it, great God. And so we cry out to You this morning and we ask, great God, that You would break through because You are able. We thank You, Father. We love You. We worship You. And we just pray all these things in Jesus' mighty and precious Name. Amen. 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 We want to pray. Praise Him together. Great is the Lord and worthy of praise. We want to do that. We're going to stand and sing and respond, sing of the greatness of our God. But as we worship together this morning, if you would like to a situation be prayed for, we've just heard of nothing is impossible for God. There's a situation, a circumstance you would like prayer for during this song. If I just want to invite our prayer team to come down the front, the pastors will be down here. We'd love just to pray for you for that situation in response, a response of faith to the word that we have heard. So why don't we stand together as we worship, sing of His greatness. If you'd like us to pray for you, any situation, any circumstance, no matter how big or small, it doesn't matter. God invites us to come to Him this morning. Let's respond in worship. You want prayer, you come forward as well. Can we put our hands together and really give a big shout of praise this morning. He is worthy, His greatness. Lord, we thank You. We thank You that You are the great God, that You are worthy of our praise. And so we thank You that as we step into this week, Lord, we know that You are with us, great God, that You go before us, that You surround us. Thank You that every situation, every circumstance, Lord, You know the details of our lives, Lord. You promise as we turn to You, as we look to You to to help us, to lead us, to guide us, great God. And so we honour You and we worship You. And we pray for Your blessing to flow to many, Lord, we pray. Many this week for our garage sale again, we pray. Help us, Lord, as we welcome the crowds and point people to You, Jesus. We ask all of these things in Your mighty and Your powerful Name. And everybody said, Amen. Please be seated. If you continue like prayer, some of our prayer team will be down the front here. They'd love to pray for you as well. Do stay for a tea and coffee in the courtyard, our welcome lounge as well. God bless you. Look forward to seeing you this week.